Schwab Trading is now powered by Ameritrade to give you a new, elevated trading experience tailor-made for trader minds. Go deeper with Thinkorswim, the powerful, award-winning trading platforms now at Schwab. Unlock support from the Trade Desk, our team of passionate traders who live and breathe trading like you do. And sharpen your skills with an expanding library of online education crafted just for traders. All designed to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, Alexandria, Virginia. Is it a city of the millennials? Well, we also know that it is a city in the successful television and movie, The Walking Dead. So we'll talk to uh, someone who knows a little bit about uh, Alexandria, Virginia. That's all coming up. On our special live broadcast from the Kimpton Morrison House Hotel, just right in the center of Old Town in Alexandria, Virginia. Let's get back to Bloomberg World Headquarters now in New York City for a look at the latest business news with our own Charlie Pellet. All right. Thank you very much, Kathleen Hayes. Thank you, Pim Fox. Stocks are extending losses just under 30 minutes to go ahead of the close. We have got uh, hit stocks hitting lows of the session right now amid growing speculation that the Federal Reserve sees firm enough economic growth to raise rates as soon as June. The Dow down 219 points, a drop there of 1.2 percent. S&P 500 index down 23 points, a drop of 1.1 percent. NASDAQ down 65 points, a drop of 1.4 percent. Gold up 560 the ounce to 1279, a gain of 0.4 percent. Brian Belsky is chief investment strategist at BMO Capital Markets. He says the pessimism is overdone. We are skating. If you're a hockey player, we're skating with our heads down. We are so scared of everything, and we are reacting on what happened last quarter. We're talking about filings for first quarter. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's May. Indeed it is. Federal Reserve report out today finds U.S. manufacturing uh, rose in April for the first time in three months. Total industrial production, including mines and utilities, advanced seven-tenths of one percent, the most since November 2014. New home construction up in April, extending a pattern of gains and losses that signals the U.S. home building industry is contributing little to economic growth. Home Depot down the most in three months after executives said same-store sales gains shrank as the first quarter progressed. Home Depot down 3%. The 10-year yield, 1.75%. Crude up 73 cents a barrel, 48.45, a gain there of 1.5%. 332 on Wall Street. Now let's look at other news from around the world on Bloomberg Radio. 
Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm David Gura. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. The Senate has voted to allow families of 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia for any role the government may have played in the terror attacks. The House must still act on the bill, but White House spokesman Josh Earnest says President Obama would not sign it, concerned it would give foreigners the ability to sue the U.S. Given the concerns that we have expressed, it's difficult to imagine the president signing this legislation. Uh, that continues to be true. Voters in Kentucky and Oregon are at the polls today, casting ballots in their state primaries. Bernie Sanders says voter turnout is crucial. Kentucky and Oregon polls usual problems for us in the sense that they are closed primaries. Independents are not allowed to vote. Something that I think doesn't make a lot of sense, but those are the rules. Although Hillary Clinton's lead over Sanders is almost insurmountable, Sanders has won the last two primaries. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he and likely Republican nominee Donald Trump are continuing to discuss how best to unify the Republican Party. We're having the kinds of conversations that are necessary to make sure that we are unifying around our commonly held principles and policies. Federal investigators are blaming last year's deadly Amtrak derailment in Philadelphia on a train engineer who was distracted by radio communication and a lack of equipment that could have automatically slowed the train as it went over the speed limit. The crash killed eight people. A federal appeals court is delaying the release of a list of co-conspirators in the 2013 George Washington Bridge lane closing scandal. The ruling calls for a June 6th hearing to decide whether to release the list. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. For the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm David Gura. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping, stocks lower S&P down 23 points, a drop of 1.1%. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Continuing our special live broadcast from the Kimpton Morrison House Hotel, we are in the heart of Old Town, which is the historic center of Alexandria in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right across the river from Washington, D.C. And, of course, the Washington metro area is the home of Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2, a city of more than 150,000 people, a budget of over half a billion dollars, a workforce of more than 2,500 employees, and a challenge to... Keep this area growing. Attract the tourists. Attract the business that you want. This is the job of our next guest, Mark Jinks, city manager for the city of Alexandria. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, it's good to be here. So first of all, how long have you been city manager, and what exactly does a city manager do in Alexandria? Uh, I've been city manager about a year and a half. Uh, city manager basically is the CEO of the city government. We have a council manager, former government, so it's an elected city council who sets policy. Uh, and as the city manager, I'm responsible for managing the bureaucracy to carry out that policy. And you have a long history in this field. Uh, yes, I have 40 years in uh, state and local government uh, and 20 years as CFO of of uh, 10 years of this organization and, and 10 years of a uh, neighboring jurisdiction. Tell us about Alexandria and the report, The City of Millennials. Tell us about there's a demographic uniqueness here in Alexandria. Well, we, you know, millennials seek what's authentic, and you can't get anything more authentic than uh, a city that has uh, 5,000 18 and 19th century buildings that we've preserved 
uh, and uh, it, it's a great environment. Uh, we have a lot for millennials wanting to start their own business. We have a lot of small spaces upstairs from these uh, colonial uh, and, and 19th century buildings. Uh, we have an atmosphere. We have a, a big arts community, uh, and that's spawned at advertising, public relations, political consulting. Uh, also, we're at the uh, home to uh, Virginia Tech's architecture school, where they're f- at, the f- at their fifth year. Their architecture students come up here, and we're the home of their landscape design uh, school as well. So uh, Alexandria is uh, a place that it has attracted uh, uh, highly educated uh, uh, workforce, and uh, it's one that uh, uh, has also uh, attracted. Uh, we've got uh, we're a good, good transit system. We've got four stops on the metro system. So millennials are working for the federal government or working for an eight. Uh, uh, an IT firm or somebody uh, downtown. Uh, we've got a place where they can uh, live urban and have immediate access to uh, downtown Washington, D.C. How do the prices for apartments, for rentals, for buying a home compare in Alexandria if you or versus across the river in one of the popular D.C. neighborhoods? Uh, they're probably comparable. Uh, there's a wide range in, in, in the city. Uh, it is on the, uh, uh, the middle to the high end of, of this metropolitan region uh, because we're close in. Uh, we're immediately across the river from Washington, uh, immediately south of uh, Reagan National Airport. Uh, so we have good transportation access. And uh, the, we're also building smart growth. So we're building our new developments uh, basically targeted around our metro rail stations. Uh, and we've seen uh, millennials, uh, uh, it's, it gives them new, new housing. Uh, at the same time, they've got access to uh, one of the oldest, most historic cities in the United States and access to uh, the, the metro rail system to the entire Washington region. Tell us about the plans and investments uh, at Waterfront in the Old Town uh, neighborhood, and then maybe give us a little bit of a, a taste of what's going on, for example, at National Science Foundation New headquarters. The uh, waterfront is where Alexandria started. Uh, we are a port city uh, and have been since uh, the beginning of the uh, 18th century. Uh, and uh, over time, it became very industrial, like a lot of American cities. We turned our backs to the to the water, uh, used the waterfront area as industry. And about 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the uh, the planning started for basically to to reverse that. Part of that is. Uh, the, the rivers are much cleaner than they used to be, uh, and, and people wanted to get access to the river. So through the redevelopment process, we've been requiring developers to basically open up the areas between their uh, – as they build new buildings, create walkways and parks uh, all along the river. And uh, this past several years, uh, we've been buying up the remaining parcels. We have a number of missing links, and we are uh, – uh, filling those, filling those in. Uh, we hired uh, uh, one of the top renowned landscape architects in the United States, uh, Lori Owen, to uh, basically redesign our waterfront. And as far as because we believe it should be access for the people who visit here, the people who live here, uh, and so we're building a number of parks and some of the warehouse spaces that are left are being turned into uh, mixed-use development. So in your 40-plus years in urban planning and public administration, state and local, being so close to what's actually happening, what's what's the biggest change you've seen? What's the biggest lesson you've learned? 
Uh, I think the biggest change uh, in the last number of decades has been the impact the uh, metro rail system has had on the Washington metropolitan area. Uh, it has opened up uh, areas for uh, development and redevelopment uh, as people look to want. And I think the other big trend uh, across the U.S. is people want to live urban. Uh, and you can't get anything more urban than Alexandria and some of the inner suburbs of D.C. Uh, and we have basically used transit to, uh, to enhance that. Thank you very much. Mark Jinks is the city manager of the city of Alexandria, Virginia. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Commodities, oil prices, industrial metals, these have been frequently calling the tune for the U.S. stock market. Dennis Gartman coming up on Bloomberg Radio, economist and publisher of The Gartman Letter. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams-Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.